Hey, this is Ash Ketchum, and you're listening to Points of Interest Podcast Network. <laughs> we interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you this special news update. Welcome, everyone, to Conventional Wisdom, the podcast where we give you all of the goods on conventions going on around the USA, around the world, and around your home. We are your hosts. I am Francis, a.k.a. The Other Guy. And right over there is Mr. Josh Hawks. Hello, Josh. How's it going? Hey, man. I'm over here. We have a pretty interesting show today because we have not just experiences on conventions conventions we're going to be going to in the next couple of weeks but also an interview can you tease who we're talking to or you're talking to really not me (laughs) just you (laughs) a person that actually works for a convention oh very awesome and we will get to that just in a moment but first Uh, I'm going to briefly just talk about a convention that I went to recently, and I really want to share with you, uh, Josh, your thoughts, because you have gone to anime conventions in the past. Yes, I have. They're a very different monster. Yeah. Uh, So I went to FanimeCon in San Jose about two, I want to say about three weeks back now. It's been a while. But this convention... Uh, is as it's as it's the name implies is very much into anime and it's one of the few conventions that goes on all day all night for four days straight it is a party well i don't even want to know if it's i don't even know if i can call it a party like because i i don't know how do i how do you explain the anime convention vibe um, the very first time I ever went to one, I was very excited because it was something new. Yeah. I, at the time, had a very cheap camera, but it's still a camera. Yeah. And when I walked into the convention and after the, the initial, holy cow, I'm, I'm at a new show, kind of th- shine wore off. And I actually got to look at the attendant. I put my camera away. <laughs> right. Because right. everybody at the convention, for the most part, mm-hmm. was underage. I I don't think that was the case here, per se. Um, I can see where you can get that. I did see, a, weirdly enough, I did see a lot of young women with their mothers. And the girls were dressed in, like, this skimpiest of, like, anime outfits. And their mom is like, yeah, I guess I gotta bring my daughter to this thing and make sure nobody tries to like do I like get near her because it is strange. Like some of it is really strange, but there were a lot of notable adults there dressed in in very scantily clad anime ish outfits. But for the most part, you know, a lot of them were uh, quote unquote tasteful in the sense of like there's uh, uh, school uniforms because a lot of anime have school uniforms in them. Um, or traditional, like I saw a lot of traditional um, kimonos and things like that for other animes that happened to be a little more traditional. So it wasn't really um, scandalous, I want to say. It wasn't really scandalous, but a lot of the people there are very nice, super nice people uh, at, at these conventions. Um, really different experience for me. Uh, it is a subgenre of geekdom that I am only kind of tangentially aware of. 
Like, do you, you don't do you want you don't watch anime on the regular? Do you there, Josh? No, no. Uh, if I watch an anime, it's 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 going to be a video game related anime. <laughs> Good, sure, yes. Because um, that's a, at least a safe bet. <laughs> it is usually, yeah. Like for me, I, I mean, the last anime I watched was Attack on Titan, um, which is the the giant uh, naked muscle people. I mean, attacking villages. It's weird. It's a strange anime, but it's fun. It's like it's a fun watch. I've watched anime in the past. I get it, but man, I mean, these people are dedicated. Like these people love their anime. Um, but I, I mean, just to give it a brief, if you, if anyone's ever in the San Jose area or looking to try something new, if anime con, I think is really uh, an experience because they have uh, they have age restricted panels, man. <laughs> age restricted panels. Like I've never seen that before. <laughs> like all the, of all the uh, pop culture and comic book conventions we've done have you seen age restricted panels i don't think i have maybe i've missed them uh at the anime shows i've been to yes well that's what i'm saying like anime is really but the only but place not not at not not typically at your standard run-of-the-mill shows no mm-hmm. yeah well i guess you know because you know hentai is the which is like japanese animated porn for people who, for for the like two people who don't know what hentai is um uh, they have screenings of that in like screening rooms overnight. Uh, they have panels on that stuff. Like it's really strange that they, um, that they. I, I don't think it's strange, but I think it's kind of. I actually think it's kind of cool that they allow for that stuff. Um, but this particular convention, I'm going to just say, even if you're not into anime, go. They had a whole room full of old school video games, like old. Um, uh, arcade games, you know. I mean, they're expensive. That is one thing that is pretty common. I, that's something I always look for. Is that an anime convention thing with the, the arcades, like the little arcades? That I think have? so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This one definitely had... with the DDR for oh, sure. Yes. Um, and typically at least uh, um, what's that? Super Smash Bro. Yeah, at least one of one of those machines running, if not a bank of those machines running and playing those. For I don't sure. know what qualifies as a bank of Wii's, but <laughs> I don't know either. But I, I'm with you. I, I get it because yeah, uh, I, I, I'm going to call it six. Okay, <laughs> so six Wii's. I've seen six Wii's in a yeah in a room for sure. Uh, yeah, no, they had, yeah, they had consoles, they had, um, PC gaming, they had, like, board games, they had giant Jenga, like, there was giant Jenga in the middle of the, <laughs> of this gaming area, there was pool, there was... Were there hipsters, too? Table tennis. No, they were all... Okay. They were all... I was gonna say something, I'm not gonna say it anymore. Uh, they were all, uh, just fans, they were all anime fans. They are all just regular people. Oh, good. Regular good. folk. As the uh, convention name, yes, but I'm just saying, like, there's a difference between hipsters and anime fans. Like, again, a lot of the fans wear their fandom on I'm their just, sleeve. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, because there was giant Jenga, <laughs> giant Jenga. It was so, it was, it was really weird. I was like, oh, look at all these people playing giant Jenga, huh? All right, well, that that works, sure. Uh, there was a maid cafe. Uh, which is reminiscent to the ones in, Cha- in Japan where a girl dressed in a maid's outfit 
uh, eats with you and, and plays his games with you. It's, it was strange. <laughs> I'd, I'd never seen anything like that before. I was like, okay, sure. The lines to get into the main cafe lasted up to four hours, so you pretty much spent half of your convention time waiting to go and, and sit with a women dressed as a well and they treat you super nice too they do bows and they they it's very traditional it's very japanese it was really cool to to kind of experience but um i i'm bearing the lead here because really the biggest reason why i went to this convention was because um the folks at no ordinary nerd had a panel on mental health mental illness things like that and we i did my very first panel where i was a panelist as opposed to a moderator for a celebrity it was really fun it was like one of my most favorite experiences next to the uh to the meetup that we that we kind of raided back in what do you mean kind City. of okay that we owned it raid. francis we we took that over but yeah it was like that that meetup that we took over at emerald city like it but even better because these people the, it was official, and you had a name card. I didn't have a name card. I don't. None of the panelists had name cards during the entire weekend. That's a shame. It was, but uh, <laughs> there were a lot of people. I was I was impressed. I thought there would be like one, and then we ended up having about fifty, sixty people um, attend our our panel and actually talk to us afterwards, which was the even weirder thing. <laughs> they wanted to talk to us after the panel. It's like, oh. Okay, we'll talk to you. Sure, <laughs> this is weird. Uh, we felt I at least I did. I don't know how the others felt, but I felt like a superstar for like a good twenty minutes. You know, for the hour that we did the panel, and like a good twenty minutes afterwards, just people coming up to us and thanking us, and 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 taking each of us individually, and actually wanting to talk to us individually. It was like, wow, I'm a superstar for thirty seconds. So that was a lot of fun. Um, which brings me to uh, this upcoming weekend. I'm going to uh, – it's called Wizard World Sacramento. Uh, it is a – it's a regular I – mean, it'll be interesting because it's not a subgenre of, of geekdom. It's going to be like a pop culture comic book convention. So I'm curious how that audience kind of um, – I, I don't know if there's any I, – I don't, I don't know how it's going to be, but I'm very curious how that group of people will, will interact with us and how many people will attend our, our panel. I'm really – nervous and excited at the same time but it looks like this is a thing for me it's a regular so uh look out for me if you happen to be in the sacramento area or if you happen to, happen to be going to this convention i'll be there and i'll be um apparently uh doing a panel with again no ordinary nerd uh i don't remember the name of the panel so i can't maybe i should get some details about it real quick so i can at least share like hey go to this <laughs> so you know if you happen to be there you can look out for us um but anyway, uh, while I'm looking that up, Josh, you have something coming up as well, a big one coming up at the end of the month for you. I do, I do. Uh, Denver Comic Con is two weeks away as we record this, as we pull the curtain back, as I like to say. Yeah. Um, June 15th is the date we're recording. There. I pulled the curtain way back. <laughs> oh, way back. Um, no, really excited. Um, the, the, the lineup of of guests and authors and artists is immense. It's looking to be one of the bigger years. You know, they had 115 or just short of 115,000 people last year. I know they're expecting at, you know, at least the same numbers. Uh, I'm bearing the lead as well because I have, I got to speak to somebody that works with the convention tonight as we record this as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll get to that in a minute. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just really excited just to, to you know, see all the regulars. Um, I'm not doing any panels. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I very well may be getting to chat with some pretty awesome people. Mm-hmm. Um, all unconfirmed at this point point so there's no point in you know teasing too much about that mm-hmm. um but i'm just i don't know just really looking forward to it and uh i i think i've done about two and a half months of trying to convince you to ditch the your utah gig that's and right come i out. mentioned that too and um i've already let everybody know that you very well may be coming and no oh, good. The, the pass that I'm letting you use might get yanked. <laughs> I'm not making any promises. My boy's coming. <laughs> I'm not making any promises, but if I can, I will. I didn't make. I did. I didn't make any promises either. I just informed everybody that <laughs> this is the deal, and my boy's may or may not be coming. And if he does, you're sol. Oh man. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, no, I love. I love Denver. I, I mean, I've I've been there two years in a row. It's sad that I. I have Nertacular, which is um, a very obscure convention for a particular spot, uh, podcast network that has just a huge following, and I happen to be a part of that following, and um, I, it's their last convention uh, ever. So I've decided to go uh, at the end of the month, which happens to correspond with Denver, which, again, really bums me out. But uh, we'll see what happens um, based on how the weekend goes. Because I'll be, I'll have four days to figure out what I'm doing that entire weekend. Um, but for those of you who are going to the, again, for if you happen to be going to uh, the Sacramento Wizard World, the name of the panel is Using Nerd Culture to Escape. It's on Saturday, June 17th, which means that when this comes out on this today on the 16th you have a day <laughs> so hopefully you listen to this and download it and listen to it like now um but it is uh on the 17th from 3 30 to 4 15 it's a weird 45 minutes um of time but uh yeah if you don't happen to want to go to the kate beckinsale panel come to us and <laughs> talk to us i mean well, why would you want to listen to her uh, right yeah, the beautiful and talented Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> Who needs that? But, so, I mean, Skeletor is kind of cute when she's, when not, she's not wearing wearing all that those hoods. Have and, you seen her in normal like normal clothing and normal like without white uh, vampire makeup? She looks pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> Skeletor, <laughs> man, this is what we do, folks. It is what we um, do. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, I do. I have this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to speak with Mr. Dave Minkus. Uh, he runs the Real Heroes Filmmakers series of Denver Comic Con, which is basically uh, an independent. Like the real Real Heroes is is like a independent film fest within Denver Comic Con. Ooh. Is how I'm selling it. That okay. is kind of what it is. I mean, he he has put together local and some not local uh, filmmakers that either submit their work or trailers or you know what have you. Or actors come out and they'll do a Q and A after the the movie. It's uh, 
just really cool to see what he has done. He was originally a podcaster that uh, worked his way into the convention scene deeper by being a sound engineer and then from there being a PR person <laughs> and secretly giving me my first, well, one of my first gigs. Secretly. <laughs> Not secretly, but full disclosure, giving me one of my first gigs. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, uh, we just, you know, buddied up and, and Dave's just an awesome guy. And every time I see him, it's just a good time. And I saw him at Starfest and he basically said, Hey man, anytime you want to, you know, make pod, I don't think he said that, but <laughs> I, for lack of, for lack of him being saying it, uh, you know, anytime you want to do that, let me know. And I said, Hey. Denver Comic Con's coming up. Why don't you come on and hype up uh, the real heroes? Nice. He said, "Sure, why not?" So um, that's what you're about to hear. Hashtag make pod. Hey everybody, it's Josh here, and you know usually we have somebody on for ConWiz that you know is usually like like us, you know, podcaster or some kind of an attendee that uh, that goes to shows and checks things out. But this time we're doing something different. And my cat's knocking stuff over. Um, this time, I actually have somebody that is working for the convention that I'm going to be going to here in a couple of weeks at Denver Comic Con. I have with me Dave Minkus. He's the man that's running the, the Real Heroes Filmmaker Series and uh, is also a good friend of mine. And, you know, he gave me the first opportunity in press. So I kind of owe him a lot. Dave, what's up, man? What's up, man? I, I am the man, I guess, like the man that everyone's to to beat down or something, or is beaten down by. I don't know, whichever. I don't, I don't know, but uh, you you may be like the gatekeeper or something like that. <laughs> yeah, if only I had that kind of pull, man. I, I I count as a former podcaster at least. Well, and see, and that's the thing that I, I remember when I approached you about doing press at a, a convention that you were PR heading at. Um. I kind of gave you my background as a podcaster and you were like, Oh, I know exactly where you're coming from. I got you covered. Yes. Yes. We got to stick together, man. Come on. Well, you know, it is, it, it, it's a, it's, it's a large community, but it is small all at the same it's time because it is kind of niche. Yeah. It's very insular. If you've got people like in your same sphere in the same you know realm of interest and stuff, you can kind of build a community, but a lot of people kind of like to keep walled off too. And that's just not how I roll. Well, I mean, you 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 have your your hand in many pots over the years that I've known you. <laughs> too many, man. Too many. I mean, you, you've gone from a podcaster to running PR departments for conventions to running t uh, a film segment at conventions. I mean, what what's the why why that journey? Or, or how well, did that come about? Or, or why, why even started podcasting? Because I'm a film nerd, um, and you know, I think it's not, it's not outside of the realm. It's not inappropriate to say that in order to be in podcasting, you have to have some kind of ego, because you have to think. Not only do I have an opinion, I have an opinion that I feel I need to share with the world, and it's cool if it's only five people who listen to it. I have had my voice out there, and I can speak my piece. And when you have good friends who can do it as well, that just makes it that much better. Um, you know, for the old Wayback Archives, I, it's the website I used to run was ScreenGeeks.com. It's still – I post something once in a while. I did a Wonder Woman review, 
And when you can just get together with friends and make it conversational and have fun, you kind of build a community with these people you've never met. Like half my Facebook friends are former listeners who you, you build those relationships with and just become good friends with. And it was just fun. Now, how I got into the convention side of things, I, did I ever tell you the story? I, I I believe you did, but for the sake of argument, no, Dave. Fair enough. You okay, fair have. enough. Fair enough. It's amazing that anything that I do is purely a testament to the importance of being open to things happening and being willing to step through opportunities. When I started working in the PR side at this other convention, uh, can I give him a shout out real quick? You can do whatever you want. Okay. So I worked with Starfest and it was just happened to be as they were starting their media department. And I reached out to John, who is still the director there, fantastic good friend of mine. And I was like, hey, man, I run this little podcast. I was also working with Showing.net at the time. Can I come cover your convention? He's like, well, I don't know. And I said, well, tell you what, I will bring my entire podcasting rig and I will play audio engineer for anyone you want. And the next response was, come on up, buddy. And that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And did that for, I want to say, about eight years. And I frankly, know, I didn't know it was for that long. Yeah, yeah. I, I was mostly the, the assistant director. The last year I was the director. And frankly, it, it had just kind of quit being fun for me. And when you're working for conventions, you have to have the passion to do it. And if you don't have that passion, I'm very thankful that I discovered, you know what? I think I'm done doing this because I love Starfest. My first convention ever was the year before Jurassic Park came out through StarCon, which was the second show that Starfest used to run. Mm -hmm. So I have nothing but love for these folks. And I'm like, guys, my heart's not in this anymore, and I don't want to hurt the show and hurt the department, so I felt like I needed to move on. And it just so happened that there happened to be an opening at Denver Comic Con for running the Real Heroes series. And I pitched ideas, and hey, you know, I'm not trying to do anything. I just want to say, here's some things you can do. And they said, you want to run it? And I said, okay. So I've been learning <laughs> as I go ever since. See, that's just awesome, and and it goes back to what you're saying is is something to the effect of expect the unexpected. Yeah, if just put yourself out there, give mm -hmm. it a shot. You know, you you're you're at no already. So if you don't ask, well, you've already got the no. But if you ask, the worst place you're going to be is where you are already. So there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah, and I always say the worst thing anybody can ever say to you is no. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they can call you names and everything else. That's a, that's a that's another episode. But, yeah, yeah. But the worst thing you can ever hear from somebody is no. But at the same Absolutely. time, depending on what the, the situation is, caveat <laughs> that no shouldn't stop you. No, never, never. I mean, it's if, if you're going to take the shot, take the shot. That's how we ended up doing with Screen Geeks. We ended up doing uh, radio spots with five-minute film reviews for a radio station out on Maui. And it was just because, hey, Barry knows some people. Let's ask. Let's give it a shot. We did a couple demos, and we did it for like a, a year. I never would have done that otherwise. Are you kidding me? Well, right, right. I mean, last year, I walked into a press junket for the WB, whatever they call themselves now. CW? Yeah, CW. CW, yes. <laughs> yes. And... Once we sat down, it was an Arrow press junket, and, and I, I was kicking my my buddy Francis under the table like we're not even supposed to be here, but we just kind of ventured off from our normal convention routine, if you will, and ended up in a hallway with a bunch of other press people and got shoveled into this room. Here we are, and it, it's you know I mean. When they asked who I was and I wasn't on the list, I 
you know, I may or may not have coerced my way to stay a little bit, but nobody listening to this was there, so they don't know. Yeah, very true. <laughs> well, I think the other side that's very important, especially when you start getting into that realm of things, is don't be a jackass. Um, I, I've done enough stuff. I've, I've been to a couple of junkets out in L.A., and I have noticed, you know, I, I'm very firmly planted in, in the film side of things. So I, I know of a lot of these folks. I very, very rarely know them, even on the periphery. But I was at the fountain for uh, the fountain junket from in 2006, and seeing people who are very well known now in the film blogging, you know, sphere, and seeing them just be complete jerks to each other, and just out for number one, and even here, you know, we're both in Denver. I have been to like the Denver Film Festival and I've witnessed or even at Starfest witnessed press people saying, don't you know who I am? I'm more important than you do what I want, ranting, raving. And I have gotten so much further just by like being cool and appreciating the work that these people are putting in. If you can do that, you'd be shocked how much you can pull off. I mean, yeah, it, and I, I can't speak for you, but I never went to journalism school. No. I, never, I know I don't work for a magazine or I never grew up I saying I want to work for Come on. <laughs> I want to work for a newspaper. I'm not really a press person. I'm just yeah. an attendee that's reporting on the things that I see. That's kind of how I look at things. We're imposters waiting to be found out. That's what it is. Oh my god, I'm writing that down. Holy that was amazing. It's it's true though. Like that's half the reason I try to be kind of unassuming and if I'm going to a film festival and I'm getting to know these press people, I'll bring them chocolate because I know they're working hard. And I know that even more now working on the programming side of these things. You know, just just trying to be, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing because I know you have to deal with some real pieces of work. And they don't remember me as one of those pieces of work. Hey, it's Dave. Let's get him into an extra screening. Let's see if we can get you a couple interviews. You know, it's amazing what doors will open up for you if you just try to treat people like human beings. Imagine that. Imagine it's a shocker. Being, I know being nice to people actually goes someplace. It will take you to D minus level internet stardom. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm it, still left. Never mind. If, if look, if you walk into any, any, any venue and you're greeted by people and they say, I've been seeing the things you've been doing. That's a, that's a, that's a thing. You're a thing. You're a good enough part of a thing so you can keep doing what you like to do. Like at the end of the day, fame, fortune, whatever, who cares about that? If you get to keep doing what you like to do and talk to cool people, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Right. And I mean, and you, you touched on the narcissistic part of being a podcaster. There is a little bit of that. Sure. But we, we have a healthy ego, not not like balloon Kanye ego. That that another good, good way of putting things. Um <laughs> To if you're going to be a podcaster, yes, you have to have a little bit of a narcissistic narcissistic view or have a little bit of an ego. Uh, I didn't know I had any of that because I was looking for my voice when I started doing this, and it, everything kind of was already there. I just needed to find it, and not be so shy. And that's the challenge. And and sometimes you ha kind of have to take one for the team. There have been films I've reviewed. Be very careful how I state this. Even though I told the filmmaker I hated his movie at the t at, like years later, there's a film at a convention that hey, we want to send you a screener, cool. And I hated the movie. It was a horror movie. I mean, the movie literally opened with a naked woman hanging upside down who gets murdered by a blood-soaked midget. 
Um, it was very odd. I mean, depending, but I, depending on what you might have ingested prior to, that could be a really good movie. This is true. This was almost a decade ago, so it wasn't quite legal then. Mm. Um, but I, the way I, I phrased the review was, hey, this wasn't my cup of tea, but if you're into this kind of stuff and kind of laid out the, the, the case for the people who may dig the film and may dig the project – when I met those people at the convention, they wanted to get me drunk at the show because you'd think I'd written a four-star review. And those people have become friends, and I've gotten to know some of those actors and followed their work afterwards because you see some kind of promise, and it's like, wow, this is really good stuff after that pile. Just treating people as human will get you far because if you don't like the first thing, you might like the next. Right, and I mean, and you may not like anything that they do, but you like the person. You know who uh, – I'm never going to interview this individual ever, so my primary example of that is Eli Roth. If you – I can't stand his movies. I just – I can't get into them. They're not my thing. But if you listen to the guy talk film and just kind of do interviews and just kind of be himself, he's a really engaging guy who's really fun to listen to, and I really like the guy as a person. Just hate his movies. Hey, that's fair. <laughs> you know, M. M. Night Shyamalan might be an awesome dude, but his movies suck. <sighs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm never going to talk to him. I'm going to say that split was pretty dang good. <laughs> I never, I, 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 I have issues with split, but it was a heck of a good return to form. Even minus the whole massive twist ending that if you haven't, don't know it, I'm not going to spoil it. No, I, I didn't even know that movie even existed. So it's definitely no happening. Well, that's, that's good. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is, the Real Heroes Filmmakers series. I mean, it, apparently it's a filmmakers thing, but... It is. You know, it's it's a very interesting question. Okay, it's interesting to me. It might bore everyone else. But this thing has been continually evolving since I took it over. This is my third year running the, the film track, the uh, programming track. The first couple years, um, there was some turnover, and you know, it's kind of hard to find its footing because every convention has some kind of a video room. But we also live in a world now where you can't just be like showing whatever you want. Like the anime rooms don't exist anymore because copyright completely will, will sue a convention out of existence in no time flat. And so I started off just trying to track down whatever movies I could get from people who I knew. Uh, I had a fantastic filmmaker my first year, uh, Christopher Mim out of Minnesota who makes like these throwback fifties beef monster movies. Uh, next time I see you, I'm bringing you some to watch. They're fantastic films. Okay. And I conned him into coming out. I got him a booth so he could pay for his hotel and, you know, and the drive out and back. And he showed like six of his movies and did as many panels as I wanted. I got some local filmmakers to do stuff. And while these folks were starting to build their, their audience throughout the show, they get to know people out on the exhibit floor. People would show up for their screenings. Uh, Zach Bain and uh, Richard Taylor from biz Jack Flimco came out and did guerrilla marketing all day and packed out their screening. It was fantastic. But what really started taking hold was that the panels that were kind of the, the behind the scenes and how the sausage is made is really what started resonating with people. So last year we kind of moved from just being another film series for two reasons. One, because it wasn't getting the traction that we wanted and B it's expensive to do that stuff. Um, I, I kind of want to do a film festival thing and finding out the amount of money you have to pay out just to get good movies to come out is ridiculous. And I'm not talking like showing like big, beam, big, big superhero movies or even minor ones like dread. It just gets, you know, for, for, for a programming track that is not charging extra and is part of the cost of admission. It just wasn't going to happen. 
So we decided to go a different route and kind of become the special features disc of a movie. Like if you're, if you're familiar with the Criterion Collection at all, they are known for not only licensing a movie, but researching the ever-loving crap out of it and packing it chock full of information. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, let's see how this goes. And we had fantastic results. I was shocked. I was telling you before we started recording, I did a uh, panel with Ernie Kiros from the Denver Film Society and Alexander Philippe, who uh, just actually just came out this year with a documentary called 7852 based around the psycho shower scene. Uh, you probably know him as the guy who, who made The People versus George Lucas. We just like, hey, let's just talk about Psycho for the fun of it. He happened to be making this documentary. He showed us a 10-minute, 5, 10-minute clip. And we ended up turning away like 100 people. And we're talking about Psycho at a, at a pop culture comic convention. We were not expecting that. And we discovered very quickly that our attendee base is really smart, really informed, and wants to learn more. So we have people doing panels about the death of the hero's journey you know, from Joseph Campbell. That room packed out and was the most engaged panel that we had all weekend long. We have a guy, uh, Emiliano Acevedo, who does some fantastic Lego stop motion stuff on YouTube. He came out and showed his stuff and talked about the mechanics behind it. That room packed out. And it's not just like the, the, the scholarly discussions of stuff. We have fun, too. Like We still show films. We're going to show a couple films this year. I toyed with the idea of uh, doing a couple trailer panels last year, so I was able to get the studios to let us show some trailers, which went bang up amazing. Because as much fun as it is to watch a trailer on your phone or on your tablet or on your PC or your TV even, there's nothing quite like watching it with a crowd. And we do two panels. We do a red band slash genre panel, so it's like really intense stuff. And then we do a mainstream one. And the red band one went beautifully where we're showing, what was it, Lights Out, the one uh, about the blind guy where where everyone, the three kids try to rob the blind guy's house. Mm -hmm. And there's this scene where the lights go out and everything gets incredibly tense. And you heard someone go, <gasps> and the entire room just busted out laughing because they were all thinking the same thing. And that com- just having that communal experience really resonated with people. So we're just kind of building on that this year and uh, moving forward. That's awesome. And in you're, you do see a lot of video rooms at conventions, but you don't see a lot that are this specific, like you're saying, like the special features. Yes, absolutely. Like this year, we've got we've got a fantastic uh, local independent filmmaker named Jimmy Lee Combs, who's showing a rough cut of his film Terror Tales, and it's it's not going to be for the faint of heart, which is why I'm glad we run programming till eleven o'clock at night, so I can put it way past there when the kiddies can't get in. But then he's coming back the next day and doing kind of a Fangoria look at it, where it's kind of taking the the scariness out of the horror and kind of getting into the technical side of it, and it's a very unique side of independent filmmaking. Uh, we're, we're kind of toying with with one thing. We're pu- we're beta testing, I guess is the best way to put it. We've got a fantastic local stunt guy named Mark Stephen Grove, who's been in, in conventions for years, uh, but he's a stuntman. And he and I got to sitting down for a good hour just brainstorming ideas. And he's like, hey, let me see who I can bring out from, from some stunt, stuntmen, and we're going to try this idea called the Real Unsung Heroes. And it's the guys behind the stunts, in this case, of some of your favorite films. So he's got... Like the guy who was the thing in the original Roger Corman uh, Fantastic Four, who's also worked on Magnum P.I. and all these other films. We've got um, James Liu, who got his start in Big Trouble in Little China, for crying out loud, and just recently did the stunt work on Luke Cage. So it's not even just folks who have been doing it for years and are kind of, you, you might think, may not be relevant. We're talking about guys who are up to, the, up to date, and we're going to be doing demos on the 8-bit stage outside of Real Heroes. 
And we're just kind of really trying to amp it up as much as we can. And we're, we're doubling down on this behind the scenes thing, and we're going to see what happens. I think that's really cool because most of the time you just see, you know, oh, we're we're playing Dragon Ball Z all weekend. Yeah, come, come sit and watch this, or we're 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 playing. Oh, I don't know what else have I seen. Music videos set to different things, cut together yeah, like videos. Yeah, YouTube mashups and 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 there's a place for those. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's just totally. With, with a convention our size, we can't take the chance of running copyrighted material. Like that's what it comes down to. And for me, it's on an ethical level. I've just never liked those things because you don't have the people in to talk about these projects. And that just it kind of sucks. Like it's it's really interesting because this year we're running I think we're running five or six podcasts live from the from that programming track, and so we're gonna have all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. I, I'm oh, I don't know if I can say this yet. Ask. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to. Two I'm not, weeks I'm away. To. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, it's because the program the schedule hasn't come out yet. That's yeah. the only reason I'm hesitant. Um, we're gonna have some very cool interviews. We'll just put it that way. Uh, we're, and again, like it's hard to balance not only the fact that this isn't Dave's special movie programming time, but also juggle the fact that we want to have fun as well as have these cerebral discussions as well. So like every morning, have, have, you, you know that the uh, the entrance is moving this year, right? I have heard this, yes. Okay. It is definitely moving. And instead of having to walk on the other side of the convention, my section, room 504, 505, if you're coming, um, is like – about a two-minute walk from the entrance. So we're going to have all kinds of oh, that's people. because right, we're coming in the Belco side now. Yes, we are. And so since we're right there, um, have you worked with the movie camp guys at all? No. Okay, so these are guys that I go way back with these guys, back to firstshowing.net. If you're a blog guy, that will have good or bad connotations. Take it for what you will. But when they first started, we used to do this thing where we would camp out to be the first in line for the first screening at movies at our local theater in Colorado Springs. And it kind of they have taken that idea and turned it into a full-on event where they have prints from guys like Jason Mentz and other artists, and they'll do games and raffles and special screenings with you know all kinds of crazy stuff. They're going to be opening up every single morning in Real Heroes with games, with giveaways, essentially just to amp the crowd up and get you psyched and ready to start the show every time. Whether you stay in Real Heroes or you go elsewhere, like you're not going to be bored walking out of that panel. And then we're expanding the uh, the trailer panels too. Again, because we had such a good response, I won't go into the numbers. We had to turn people away to the main, you know, main panel, and I've been able to build some relationships with studios to the point where, oh goodness, I'm, I'm going to make this very vague because things could change. If you walk in the door to either panel, you will get something as a giveaway. Is, is that is that good enough? You that's, think that's vague? Yes, yes. I can't say what. I There's going to be cool stuff. I told you what it is. Yeah, it's, it's cool. it, I, I, you would be, you would be foolish not to at least go check it out. Yes, we're going to have a good time. Last year we were in 175 seat rooms. This year we've got a 300 seat room, so I'm going to put it in there to get as many people as possible. Um, we're going to be showing a couple feature films. I told you about Terror Tales. Uh, Mark Grove is actually bringing his film. It actually just hit Amazon Prime, but he's showing his film, uh, Star Raiders. The Legend of Saber Rain, I believe, and he's bringing out some of the cast and crew from that too. So, like, it's not we're very the mission of Denver Comic Con. Have you gone through that whole spiel, or should, should I skip it? Uh, we haven't really uh, gone through that part yet, but okay, I'll give you the thirty second version. Thirty, yeah, sure. 
it's it's actually a fundraiser for a nonprofit called the Pop Culture Classroom. And so they do programming for after-school programs and in-school programs to help promote children's literacy. And because that's what everything's based around, we have a very set focus on wanting there to be an educational aspect in every panel that we show. The really easy way part of that for me is we want you walking out essentially knowing something you didn't when you walked in. When you have filmmakers there and doing Q&As and talking about how they make things and how they do what they do, how they fund their crowdfunded stuff. We've got one of the executive producers from Con Man coming out to do, talk about that. You're going to learn something and you're going to have fun. So every panel you're going to learn, learn something, but it won't be boring. Well, that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're bored for Comic-Con, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, if you're coming just for the celebrities, you are missing out on probably three quarters of the good stuff that's there. Oh, totally. And, that, and that's the thing that uh, I see at other shows, but Denver isn't just a celebrity and comic book thing. It is, as you stated, it, it's a, it, it's the fundraiser for an education program. Yes, and but you know it's very fair to say that stuff is there. We have a ton of comic creators, a ton of independent artists. Yes, yes. We have the celebrities. If that's what you want to come and do, you can. If you want to live in the exhibit hall and look at all the nerdy crap you can spend all your money on, you absolutely can do that and not have any problem blowing a couple days. But you're missing out on some really unique stuff. Like I, Okay, so I'm a filmmaker, but I'm looking at the author track and seeing who they've got, like Scott Sigler and Rob Reed and – you know, and John Scalzi, I'm my, just like my brain's blown out. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to sneak away to go catch some of their panels. It, it, that's the thing. I mean, every every show, I, I make this grand plan. And <laughs> 30 seconds in the door, the plan somehow jumps out of my pocket and runs down the street. It, it gets flushed. You can just say it. I mean, it, it, I get some things done that were on the list at every show, but for the most part, Depending on what happened prior to that show, there's a lot of networking that happens, and then there's, well, let's run over here, and let's jump and off the tracks. just some downtime, dang it. Everybody does, right? But, and, but yes, we, and we will have some fantastic opportunities for you to come do that, too. And that's I was about to say that. This is, <laughs> this is why we get along, Dave. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, especially, like, we've got um, – we're going to end up doing the Drunk on Disney podcast. It's doing like three shows throughout the course of the weekend. So it's going to be both Dana Snyder and Carrie Means, hosted by Josh Hutch Guy Hutchinson. You know, we've got Aqua Teen Hunger Force guys doing podcasting, and you can just hang out and just listen to that. That's fan-freaking-tastic, you know? Oh, all three of them are coming out? Well, is Guy is, is kind of their and, host. Shake and, and – uh, Yeah. It's, uh, it's Dana and Carrie. So the, those are the two, but then they have a, a buddy okay. who actually hosts so, the show with them. So but it's still going to be a heck of a lot of fun. No. No. That's too bad. And you can come hang out and listen to the guy who helped create the, the Death Star and how he came up with design plans mm -hmm. and stuff like that. We've got John Eves, who's like this legendary concept designer, not only talking about design stuff like the filming locations of Psycho or the the uh, restoration of the Nostromo pot, uh, uh, prop from Alien. He's hosting a panel that I'm going to be on talking about the movies of 1982 that are celebrating their 35th anniversary. Just like a few film nerds just talking fun stuff like that. He's going to do one talking about how cosplay is evolving from just pictures into video content and just kind of taking the web and, and starting to do TV by storm as well. So we're going to have you covered. Well, that's, that's an interesting point you kind of you just touched on there is that kind of the evolution of Comic-Cons. Oh, yes. You know, where it was in the beginning, 
wherever you want to put that time time stamp on the beginning. Yes, uh, was majority comic book related and just a bunch of sweaty nerds exchanging books. Oh yeah, like they were. Did you see Batman and Bill on Hulu? Uh, no. It's a documentary about Bill Finger getting his due as the creator of Batman, and it's got uh, Uslan, the guy who who executive produces all the Batman movies, talking about like in the fifties or sixties going to some dingy hotel that's getting ready to fall apart, and meeting Bill Finger there. But it was just a bunch of guys with old books selling them. Right, right. And it's, I kind of understand the purists who are like, it's called a comic con. Have it be all about comic books. I get it, and I feel your pain. But I love the pop culture side of it and embracing other art forms as well. And not only that, it, it's all these shows. It's not just comic book or geek related. I mean, in a sense, it still is. I mean, you still have like, you know, the dice makers and you know things like that. But they in turn have other products in their booths that people are interested in as well. Yeah. And who wouldn't, and I, who wouldn't want to drink mead out of a horn mug? <laughs> Or find out, you know, I am brute, you know, the beer that's this year's Denver Comic Con official beer. It, you kind of have that fun stuff. And something I love is that we may, we have quite a few names this year, but one of the best things is going and just walking that artist's alley. Because we've got, you know, I think, I don't even know how many booths we have. Like, we've got to be closing in on 100 by now of just local folks or smaller folks trying to get their independent projects off the ground. It's not even just fan art, it's just everyone from every bit of the spectrum out there so there's always something to discover if you're willing to take the chance what's your stance on fan art hmm considering jason mintz is one of my favorite artists working right now i have a complicated opinion of it i think it's a fantastic resume builder uh, are you talking about from a legal aspect an ethical aspect an aesthetic aspect which which where do you want to go with choose, that? choose your avenue whatever you're comfortable with um, if it's someone who's really doing something unique, like what Mens is doing, he's doing kind of a Scotty Young kind of thing. He calls it, the, you know, they're, they're little tyke versions of, of superheroes. Yeah, like the, I, we, we, since we're older, we would call them the almost, almost like super deformed. Well, yeah, or almost like a Muppet Babies type thing, even if we're going to go that far back. Yeah, sure, sure. And but it, he he's got such a unique take on it, even from what Scotty Young's doing. That I really enjoyed. I've had him, I've commissioned him to do like four or five pieces. I think I've got his next, next print coming this year at DCC. If you're doing something new like that and having your own unique take, I really enjoy it. If you're just trying to ape Jim Lee or God help you, Rob Liefeld, I, it's good for you to learn, but you should really be doing your own thing. Like Jason, I know is working on his own thing as well. And he just got his first major book doing a Red Sonia cover, you know, so, that. and yeah, it, it's, it's so much fun. His stuff is just, full of so much youth and innocence and fun. I just adore it. But then you've got guys like J. Scott Campbell and whatever else, and it's someone's got to have somewhere to have their start. If you are only going to do stuff to sell prints off licensed characters, I think you're limiting what you can do. So that's my only real concern of it outside of possible legal ramifications. Now, you do get those guys that do just straight-up reprints of other people's art. That is some horse crap. Yes, that's I, I, that's the ones I have problems with. Absolutely, it's like the guy selling the bootleg DVDs at a tape at a con. Well, I, I can't stand it. I, I can't stand thing. that, but at the same time, I I stop at the bootleg booth at every single convention. And I made the mistake of buying freaking Auto Man one year. I don't know if you remember that show from the eighties. It was Desi Arnaz Junior. I remember the title. 
uh, I blew like 30, 40 bucks on that. And I was like, there's a reason why this show is not in print. I think we made it five minutes in the first episode and just tossed the entire set. Oh, wow. I mean, I understand. It's kind of what you can, you can make the argument that it's abandoned content, but it is still illegal. And so it's more of a gray area than, than outright lifting other people's work, for sure. Well, I mean, but, the Muppet Babies are in all of these bootleg booths, and if they weren't $75 a piece, you know, I might consider taking the risk and, on one. But And therein lies my concern. I'll drop five bucks on a, on a, on a bootleg copy of Song of the South or, you know, some other weird, you know, abstract thing like that or my my copy of the corman fantastic four movie but when you're asking that kind of money it's like dude like the shirt the the, the facade of the charade is falling apart now yeah because you know they're just straight taken from old vhs oh yeah if that or, or yeah. straight from the tv yeah yeah point a camera at it so like like the uh like the fantastic four i've got oh it's uh, bad i'm sure so, that's I, most of the copies of the star wars uh, holiday special. special. Most of the copies I've seen of that have been cameras pointed at a TV. Yeah, yeah, and so I, it's a problem. Like as someone who's so involved in the film side of things, it's it's just really tough to do. Um, you know, for for me, like the the appropriate the better question might be like fan films, which I'm definitely not a fan of for the most part because it's essentially ripping off someone else's idea. And again, unless you're doing something really unique. Like the uh, Batman Dead End movie from like 10, 15 years ago. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. Um, essentially, the guy got a Mr. Olympia to play Batman, so he looked like something out of an Alex Ross painting. And he's fight, he has to go fight the bad guys, and it turns out the bad guys are stinking predators. And then aliens show up. And it's by a filmmaker named Sandy Calabra, and he made it known up front. He's like, I'm not making a penny off this. This is me doing my resume as a filmmaker. And it got him work. That's something different than some guy who I'm not going to name films because we get some of that stuff submitted and I don't want to quash the spirit of a filmmaker, but get stuff right. I saw a fan film where they just got Harley completely wrong. I was just like, I'm, was it called suicide girls or suicide squad? (laughs) No, that was actually one of the few that kind of got it right. They just got the relationship with Joker completely jacked up. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but, that, I just saw that movie recently, and I was just—I just sat there the whole time going, "Really? Yeah, yeah. Really? The tr- the trouble when you it, when you start falling into fan films and fan art, it's actually kind of the same trope. Is that in, as opposed to having your own vision or your own art style, you start leading on the fact that you're doing something with these characters and try to have that supplant the need for a plot or a story or a style. That's a so. So if I you're like gonna, if you're like gonna do it, if you're gonna do it, you better freaking bring it. Now, I see. I feel that way, you know, with these, um, like the, what was that? What Batman versus Darth Vader, uh, Deadpool versus Batman with Catwoman. The, have you seen those? I I think I may have seen a couple. Superhero beatdown, I think is what they. Yes. Those yes. I think those are pretty high production for being as short as they are. Absolutely. And you, you can give credit for that because you're like, you can see the work on the screen. You can see the effort they're putting into it. Sometimes they're like, hey, I'm going to make a fan film about Batman, and, about Batgirl and Harley and completely miss the point of what that relationship would look like. Or you could get get uh, intoxicated and make Hardware Wars. Okay. There's you, that. You've never seen Hardware Wars? No. No. Well, then no. you have homework for some time oh. before I see you. 
Yeah, dude. No, I got no time. <laughs> <laughs> I will start catching up on stuff after DCC. Fair. But the, you write that one down. Uh, okay. Th- there will be a test on it later. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, sir. Um, so uh, with the recent events that have transpired in uh, Phoenix, have you, mm-hmm. you, you heard about this, yes? Yes. Yes. What, what ramifications do you see that that particular thing happening across the country? Like, what do you see changing at conventions because of this? So I, I want to make very clear. I have no knowledge of inner workings at DCC, even though I, I know a lot of those folks. Um, anything I'm about to speak is completely my opinion and my conjecture and mine alone. Okay. I, I want to make that very clear. Yes. I think it, it's, it's common knowledge that they'd already started changing the prop rules before Phoenix happened. Oh, oh, I wasn't wasn't speaking specifically with Denver, but I was, was okay. broad brush stroking it. But yes, Denver well, Comic Con has I, changed I, I their, their their costuming and weapons policy before Phoenix happened. Correct. I think I, the reason I bring it up is because I think it's pertinent to the grander, you know, the, the grander discussion. In that we weren't the only ones making that change. There were at least three other national conventions that were pretty major and have significant attendee sizes that were making those similar changes. And I think a lot of it was we see the society we're in. I'm not going to get into any kind of politics at all whatsoever because we've seen recently that people on both sides are, pardon my language, but batshit insane. Something was going to happen at some point. And I think that DCC and some of the other conventions that have made that made these changes. I think New York Comic Con was another one that did it. They were not interested in trying to let everything roll until something happened and then be asked, well, why didn't you do something about it? And I think I think we're going to see it become more and more widespread. I think Phoenix happening will accelerate that probably. Um, I just it, it's seeing the logic behind it. Again, working with DCC, we're a different kind of beast. We are first and foremost a family-friendly con- convention. So we want to make it a place where families can come. And sometimes I may not necessarily like it, but that comes at a cost for some of the props for costuming. And I'm not going to say, well, you can just make it better, whatever. I, I will acknowledge that it sucks, but it's also the reality of the thing. So I don't know where you stand on it, but I mean, I think there's, a, there's definitely a discussion to be had. I think we're just trying to be as proactive as we possibly can. I think a lot of shows are doing that and probably should be doing that. And that is purely my opinion. I, um, I have, it's complicated. I, I have no opinion on it really okay. right now uh, at this time of recording. <laughs> That's fair. Um, That's fair. Uh, and as someone, as we discussed your, your history, um, working with conventions and everything else, there was a situation that came up with Denver a few years ago, and we don't need to get into it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there were lots of people, local people, people that uh, are press, people that are geek uh, um, staples mm-hmm. in in the community that all were throwing their opinions out. On the yes. situation that was occurring. Now I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Oh, okay. I, oh, I was... do I have opinions on this? Um, oh, okay. You, you go ahead and say your thing. Yes. So, so everybody was throwing their opinions out, and I went out there publicly on the social medias, and I said, I have no opinion on this. I just want the con. 
And I got a <laughs> message from you that said that was the perfect answer to this situation. And I looked at everybody else that was stating their opinions, and I'm like, man, you guys could be burning bridges and not even know it. I I, I will say it. This has to do with the women in comics panel, right? Uh, No. Oh, okay. I thought you were. I thought you were going there. Okay, fair enough. No, I was going a little bit further back. Um, uh, the split. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, I wish that could have ha- happened more amicably. I really do. Um, I think in, in time it will. I hope. I don't think. I don't know. Any, I don't know enough. I hope at some point there can be some kind of, not maybe not a full reconciliation, but at least some 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 <laughs> restructuring of a bridge, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are off doing their show, and from what I hear, that show is fan freaking tastic. I know they've got artists that I'm dying to see every year, and I just can't get away from work to do it, to get over there. Sure, yeah. No, it's an awesome show. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 went, give, year, I went year yeah. one. I would have been there, excuse me, hiccups. I would have been there this year, but I was in Philly. It's like you were like, I don't know, like an official moderator or something. What the heck? Uh, well, you know. It, this is this is what happens when you give me an opportunity, Dave. And you take it, yes. I, I saw a door, and you opened it, and you're like, "Hey, come on in." And then I was like, "Wait a second, if he opened it, what happens if I just kick doors in?" And w- I, I, I am, yes, I'm very pleased to be a part of your story, is the way I'll put it. Uh, when we were doing things at Starfest, I had very much had a, an eye towards trying to help folks figure out how to navigate these waters since I'd had to do it a few times myself. And you are fantastic, sir. Like, like you said, I opened the door. You've done everything ever since. Well, I mean, it's just, like I said, I, I did this to find my voice and, and yes, it's, it's people like yourself. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, stroke your back a little bit <laughs> or whatever. Uh, it's people like you that give me the opportunity to and take a chance like like we said from the beginning of this you were a podcaster at one point or still you still are because you're on well, i'd like to be right one now. day i'd like to be again someday when you're not obviously editing. i still have my equipment yes uh but you're like no i understand no as a podcaster, especially as a no-name podcaster who's nobody's going to give you the opportunity until somebody is nice enough like someone did to you years ago so it's that's it's just like you said it's all about helping each other out and and know. I will say that that some people did not make as good of use of the opportunity is the way that I'll put it and so while that stuff was frustrating at least wanted to give people the chance to try to learn that stuff and like you you just you you took whatever few little lessons I could ever try to impart and just ran with it and did your own thing which is why I love seeing man. Well, you know, that's uh, uh, Star Wars born. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the I'm D minus. Passed. You're at least D, if not D plus. Oh, shush. Um, <laughs> so what, what, what is, you know, I mean, you're not, you're not going to be at, at the real heroes forever. What? What would you want to do? Is it still in a, in a convention? Is it? I mean, you said you want to be a podcaster again, but as far as I guess, let's focus it on the convention side of things. What what might be your next thing you might want to do? How many times can I say might? It's okay. It's okay, dude. I did an interview. My first interview ever was with Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray, one of my first heroes and my first crush ever. 
And the number of times that I said the word outstanding, Gil Gerard started making fun of me for it. So it's all good, man. <laughs> as far as your question, honestly, like I've put a lot of thought into that. I really like what I'm doing. I don't know that I have any higher aspirations, to be totally honest. Uh, part of that is you know all too well what my what the work and family life juggling situation is for me. I can't take on anything else. But really, like my passion is film first and foremost. So if I can do anything to kind of help facilitate that kind of stuff, I'm pretty good and happy doing it, honestly. I mean, does Denver have a big film scene? Oh, yes. Good God in heaven, yes. Um, the Denver Film Society, I think they're coming up on their 40th year if they haven't done their 40th year of the, of the Denver Film Festival. And it is a fantastic show from top to bottom every year. They show at least two, 300 movies every single year. Everything from little stuff that you'll never hear anything about to stuff that I have stolen to show up at Denver Comic Con with their blessing to <laughs> all to, to having just going to see uh, Black Swan at the Ellie Hawkins Opera House. Like they are a fantastic show. The Denver film community is is huge, especially with the Draft House coming into town as well. They are heavily invested in being involved in the film scene here and helping build it out. And they see groups like the Denver Film Society as a partner. So we've got a good, solid community out here. And, I mean, there's probably at least seven or eight good film festivals every year out in Colorado somewhere. Well, you know, if anybody is ever looking for a uh, partially bald, middle-aged dude <laughs> uh, that uh, can't act. There but, you go. But, you know, can read lines. You know, you, you're, you're good for the voiceover work, man, if nothing else. Well... Yeah, I would be. See, there's that yeah. narcissistic part. <laughs> it's not narcissistic. It's that you have confidence in yourself. Narcissistic is I'm better than John DiMaggio, that no talent hack. That's a whole that. No, 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 no. No, I, I, I no. It, it, one, exactly. Once I, can I, I could how, feel you, you cringe when I said that, yeah. which was the right reaction. <laughs> once I can figure out how to throw my voice across a room, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe then. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, I, I met Finn, uh, Adventure Time Finn. Okay. I can't, I can't think of the kid's name. I I, I don't like him. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that jokingly because he's, yeah. like, he's like 15 and he doesn't have to work another day the rest of his life. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's the jealousy factor for sure. A, a little bit, yes. A little bit. But those folks are always so nice. Like I met Billy West, I think it was the first year of DCC. Mm-hmm. And we just chatted for like 10 minutes because there was no one in his line. I was just like, dude, you shouldn't be this freaking cool. And he absolutely was. Oh, same thing with uh, Tom Kane, first year at Denver yes. Comic Con. Everybody's walking past him. And I, I, I kept commenting to my friends. I said, nobody realizes they're walking right past Yoda. That happened to me at San Diego one year where the, everything was filing out of Hall H and Bruce Tim was hanging out outside of an entrance smoking a cigarette, and no one stopped him. No one did anything. And I was just like, I'm trying not to fanboy out, be like, holy crap, that's Bruce Tim, the guy who created the DC animated universe, for those who don't know. Yes, yes. Instead, I did compose myself to just walk over and say, hey, man, thanks so much for doing that interview with Kevin Smith, because I got to watch the Fat Man on Batman he did with him. Hmm. And it was a really fun interview. He's like, hey, thanks, man. I was like, cool, enjoy your show. You know, it's just like... If you get to know who those people are, it's just that much more rewarding for everyone involved, I think. Uh, my experience in Hall H uh, from last year uh, was a nightmare. I would never go back. 
So I went like the year Django Unchained and The Hobbit and all that stuff was coming out. And we got there at five in the morning and we're only 2,000 people back in line. Hearing what it is now, there's no way I'd ever go back. I'm just oh, not. I, I would never stand in line for it. You kidding me? Yeah. No, I, and I wouldn't eat. I didn't even try to get into it as a press person. I just happened to be standing next to the press door. Mm hmm. Because it was shady. Yes. And and the door opened and the the line control person looked at me and Francis and said, come in. You're like, yes. And thank I, you. I, I was like, I wasn't planning to, but okay. Yes. And then I couldn't San figure Diego, out where I could stand as a photographer. Yeah, that's rough. San Diego is a fantastic place for once again, being available. Um, I, let me see what I, I happened across the the Kevin Smith episode as I was walking by the extra stage and they're, they're doing some bit for it. I'm like, I don't watch extra. That show sucks. Like we're not, not only this, but then MC Fernalot's doing something afterwards. So yeah. Mm. Another episode. Yes. Anyhow, we should probably wrap it up, sir. Nerdcore. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, all right, right. Yeah. It is getting kind of late. Uh, we usually say this, but you know, we're in the same time zone and you work mad amounts of hours. So, um, I will let you go, but I will see you in two weeks at Denver comic con folks. Get your tickets. Three days have been sold out for a month while you can get them. Yes. Yes. They are, they are running quickly. Uh, I, I believe Friday and Sunday are still readily available. I think Saturday is almost done. It, I, that just breaks my brain every time. I know, right? 110,000 last year? Just under 115, yes. Um, so make it out there, man. There's tons of stuff to do. Dave's running the movies all weekend. I'm running around. Come hang out with me. Go hang out with us. We'll just have a good time. Yes, and uh, definitely show up to Dave's panels because uh, I heard what the door prizes may or may not be, and uh, you may or may not be really excited if they may or may not show up. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Totally. That's, that's good and big <laughs> enough, totally. Yes, yes. Uh, Dave, thank you very much. Um, are you uh, out there on the social medias? I mean, I know you are because we're friends. But are you not out there really for the people's? Not really right now. At some point I will, and, and I'll tag you to, to to jump back on and start pimping that stuff out. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, if not, we walk into the Real Heroes area. Just ask for Dave. There we go. Totally. And Dave will come hang out <laughs> with you and, and give you a big old hug. Dave, yes, I won't Dave be on loves, panels back to back to back to back this year. So <laughs> Dave loves lots of physical contact from people he doesn't know. <sighs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding people i'm kidding um well thank you thanks thanks a lot for uh hanging out with me dave we've, we've covered quite a bit in the hour we've been talking um i hope you have a good evening and uh thank you very much for any time happy to do it man anytime all right man go get some sleep and uh we'll see you in two weeks all right take care bro all right take care well, there you go. Wow. Well, there that was uh, a riveting conversation, if I do say so myself. Dude, Dave is just fun. I mean, as much as as much as it's supposed to be an interview, right? Yeah. It's not my style. No. So it just be, kind of becomes what starts off as a couple questions becomes just a conversation, which is how it's supposed to be. And, that's how I like to look at it. And yeah. It's just a good time. So uh, if you're at Denver Comic Con, definitely go check out Real Heroes. Ask for Dave. 
He'll give you a big hug. No, no well, yeah. but <laughs> no, I, jo- I, I, Josh. Will, I, I joked about that. <laughs> Josh but will give it's a big funny. Hug. Josh will just hug everyone. But but I'll take all the hugs. Yeah, he's a hugging machine. Uh, well, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for doing that for us, there, Josh. Uh, I'm great to be able to to kind of spread that information and let other people know the kind of the the individuals who make conventions work and and just being able to see you know the inner workings and from that guy's point of view. So that's really awesome. Well, I, I would like to. I think I you know would like to do more of that. I mean, we we go to enough of these things and we know we meet people that that put on these different aspects of the show. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to get their perspective of the buildup of the actual show and of the breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that'd be kind of a, a cool, um, mix up of the guests. I think so too. I, I agree. And, yeah, um... cause, cause it's not always about us, right. And, or, or other attendees or other press people, you know, it's it's the people that put the show on and put those put those programming tracks together. Sure, they are a definitely a they. I th- yeah, I mean they're kind of the Un- cl- unsung heroes. <laughs> the, the, well, yeah, I, I know more now than ever thanks to Philly how just whew, it is for sure. So I, I totally appreciate uh, someone who works behind the scenes. Um, it is not easy, and uh, more power to them for doing more or less a really thankless job. So uh, I appreciate it 100%. But uh, speaking of appreciation, you know, we appreciate you, the listener. Uh, we really do. We thank you every time that you come by and, and download and listen and, and share this podcast with other people. Uh, we want to hear from you. That's like one of our most, like one of our most important things that we want to get out of this is like, we want to hear your experiences, your stories, what you've gone through in your convention experiences you can go ahead and send that over to uh, conwizpod at gmail.com. Let us know how you feel um, about anything we've talked about, uh, your experiences in conventions. Share your stories. Maybe you're a behind-the-scenes person. Maybe you're a volunteer, you know, volunteers themselves who work really hard. We know someone who volunteers at every con- like so many conventions. <laughs> our, our old uh, uh, Back When We Were Interesting podcast co-host, Shelly Rosal, she does a bunch of volunteering, and I know that that is a tough job for a lot of people, but uh, definitely rewarding because you get to help people out, and you get free access to the convention, which is kind of cool, too. <laughs> what better perk? What better perk? Uh, but yes, uh, so, so there you go. We just want to hear from you. Uh, conwizpod at gmail.com. There you go. All right. You know, this is the part where we kind of share with you. You know, we shared a little bit of our experiences. Uh, next episode, Josh will definitely have some stories from Denver. I'll have some stories from uh, from, from uh, Wizard World as well as... And Montana. Denver. And Denver, right. And Denver. Uh, So we have a lot to talk about, but for now, let's go ahead and look into the future. See what's coming up around your neighborhood that you could be looking forward to and participating in and enjoying just like this weekend. Maybe you'll be going somewhere this weekend. Anyway, let's go ahead and begin. Do you have the list up, sir? I do. I do. All right. I would like to go second. You'd like to go second. Okay. You have the complete list, right? Not the... Oh, no. Yeah, get the complete list. We're doing it all is now. That, is that We're all now. upcoming events? Schedules, all upcoming events. Okay, yes. Now I do. Okay. I think, I think, uh, one, two, three, wait, me, you, me, you, me, you. 
Yeah, I still want to go second. Okay. So, uh, this is for this weekend, this upcoming weekend, the 16th through the 18th of June. We have anime, uh, an anime convention in Chesapeake, Virginia, called Anime Mid-Atlantic. Uh, another one-day show over there in the UKs, in the London area. No, you're looking uh, at the signings. Don't look at the signings. I'm looking at signings. Yeah. I'm not supposed to look at signings. Look I'm at skipping signings. down to another anime. Uh, nope. I'm going a little bit further down to Charlotte, to North, Charlotte Carolina. North Carolina to Heroes Convention. Yeah, we, we, we rehearse, by the way, guys. We know. <laughs> No, we don't. We should. I, we I should. forgot. I forgot stipulations. That's <laughs> no, all good. It's all moving good. on. Comic book. Uh, so um, same weekend in Washington D.C. Awesome Con D.C. Uh, where the uh, Stanley farewell tour Jeez. that's been going on for four years uh, continues. It's only been two. <laughs> okay, two years. I'm. I. I love the guy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's just funny. That you just keep seeing, this is the last show he's doing. It's just, that's the last awesome con he's doing. Right, right. I think, wasn't the last one supposed to be Denver last year? Or was I, it? I swore, the way that the article was written, that last year's run was his final convention run, period. Period, yeah. He didn't even, I don't even think he should, oh no, he did show up for, for uh, well, what was once known as Kamikaze, and now known as the LA uh, Comic Book Convention. He was there because that is his convention. Um, I'm curious if we'll be here this year. That'd be really funny if he's there this year. I'm like, well, I mean, it's his convention. He should be at his own convention. He so. should be. Yeah. He should be. But anyway, um, so uh, anime convention, uh, Austin, Texas, Anime Austin. Ooh, nice and easy. Portland, Maine, the Maine Comics Arts Festival, or MECAF. I'm doing nothing but anime conventions. Apparently. Uh, in Coco, Florida. <laughs> Coco. I love it. Coco. Wow. Uh, Cos. 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 Cosography. Cosography. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Cosography. Cosography. I don't know. That's a weird one. That is a weird mm, one. I don't know. It sounds like some sort of cosplay and graffiti. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, maybe you only have two days. The seventeenth and the eighteenth. You, you can go. Monroe Township in New Jersey has the Garden State Mega Fest. Mm, Mega Fest. Um, Santa Clara, California, kind of where I used to live, kind of, sort of. Sure. Not really, actually. Uh, Hydra Comic Con, where you can hail Hydra. I Always guess so, again. right? It's all just evil people there at Hydragamica. It's like, you know, <laughs> secretly good people, but they're really just bad. Yes, but exactly. Good. And you never, you don't know until like the middle of the third movie. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Points. Uh, St. Charles, Missouri? Uh, St. Louis Comic Con. Sure. And probably neighboring in St. Robert, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Extremacon. If you happen to be in West Mifflin, Pennsylvania, you can go ahead and check out, which I, I feel like this is like a country comic book, Kennywood, Kennywood Comic Con. I, I, oh, I hope I can solve this. in a neighboring another city in Mount Bethel, mm-hmm. uh, Mount Bethel, Pennsylvania. The, the Water Gap. 
comic fest. That is that is what, not what, a, what is a water gap? Is that like a is that like a an interruption in your water delivery? I don't know. That's really weird. Sorry, you're not getting water for a while. Oh, it's that damn water gap. Oh, I know we can we can call this convention a water gap. Water gap. Oh man. Anyway, um, weird. Uh, if you happen to be oh, so this is for the twenty second to the twenty fifth. Uh, in Portland, Maine, you have Port Con, Maine, which is a fine name. It's a perfectly fine name. Yeah, Port Con, Maine. Just putting signing, words together. Signing, signing. Nope. Uh, another. Hey, look, another anime convention in Hunts, Huntsville, Alabama, Hammercon. You know, I, I'm. It's kind of cool. You know, I, again, having been to my like my first one in a wall in actually my first official attendance to a a anime convention. Those I'm beginning to see the appeal for these anime cons. But maybe you want comic books, maybe you want pop culture. Knoxville, Tennessee has Fanboy Fanboy Expo. Ugh, terrible name. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Uh, the one day show, 24th. Annandale, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. V- VA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sh- look at this. Here's our buddies. The Shaft Promotions <laughs> comic book and non sports card show. Non sports card show. One of these days, I want to go to a sports card show. Well, like one day, one day. But but it has to be a Shaft. It has to be a Shaft. Yeah, it has to be a Shaft convention. Uh, if you happen to be in Worcester, 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 or Worcester, yeah, um, <laughs> Massachusetts. It's the ma- it's the massive, massive. Oh, like conventional wisdom, massive Comic Con. Hey, who who's ripping who off here? Um, hey, look, I'm doing another anime convention. Mm-hmm. I'm doing another anime convention in Texas. I think another one in Austin. I think so. It's the it's so, anime it's a, Austin. Oh, it's like um, Coachella. It's like two weekends. That's pretty cool. Uh, Silicon Valley, California has Idiot Fest, where the I and the O is a one and a zero. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> that must be like a like a like a such a computer. Nerd. It is type of well, Silicon Valley. It makes sense. It's uh, such yeah, a such yeah. a. Uh, uh, what's with Florida and these weird city names? Ocala, Florida, mm-hmm. the CBC Comic Book and Toy Show. For a one day show on the twenty fifth, Akron, Ohio has Akron Canton Comic Con. And to just to you know, be just like us in Toronto, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, a one day show, the Toronto Comic Book Show, or TCBS. Those Canadians all just want to be us. That's all they care. Well, about. they're putting. You know, you know, just you know, poking fun. Uh, if you want to go to Dothel, uh, Alabama, this is the thirtieth, and uh, it's June thirtieth through July first. It's geeking out in Dothan, Alabama. Interesting. I might have to look into that just for fun. Never mind. (laughs) Anyway, um, hey, look, another anime convention. Mm -hmm. This one in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. It's Ota Fest. Ota Fest. I guess for otaku, I guess. Hmm. Oh, look at Mm -hmm. this. Denver, Colorado. What's going on then? Oh, it's the Denver Comic Con, people. You got to go. They're 30th through the 2nd. It's, It's the... Oh, never mind. That wouldn't be funny. Mm. Never mind. I was going to say, it's like the, the Josh Hawks hangout weekend. It kind of is. Come hang out with me. Yeah. You should. But you really should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. June 30th to the uh, 2nd of July. Mm-hmm. Arlington, Virginia. Oh, God. 
Blurred con. Blurred con. Which I want to say, blurred is is the current term for black nerd. So I'm curious if that is if that's specific for black nerds. I don't know. I've 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 never seen those letter combinations before. That's why I stumbled. Oh yeah, blurred con. Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know. It could be anything. But there you go. Uh, Maybe you are in L.A. near me. uh, Same weekend, the first or the fourth. You've got. Anime Expo or AX for short. Are, are, are we going to keep going here? Yeah, go a little bit further. Let's go into the okay, second okay, week of, okay, of okay. July. Yeah. All right, just checking. Ooh, um, well, here we go. Uh, one day show, July second, mm-hmm. is in Lutherville Tim Timonium, Maine, Maryland. Maryland. Damn it! I never get that one right. Uh, comic book and non-sports card show, but this one's the Radisson. Uh, it's, I wonder if it's in the Radisson. I don't know. Perhaps it's in the Radisson, but it's not Schaff. No, which makes me upset. Um, oh, gaming convention. I don't know if you we were. If, I don't know if you agreed to do gaming conventions, but this is the first one we've bumped into in a while. The sixth through the ninth of July. It is Connecticut in Hartford, Connecticut. Hmm. <laughs> Connect. I wonder if you get to play like Connect Four there. Connect Four. Oh, you get uh, another this anime, is the last anime show. This is the last anime show I'm doing for this episode. Okay. I'm. I'm just saying. It's fine. And it's in a weird city again. So this is uh, the seventh through the ninth of July. Mm-hmm. This is in Lissel, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anime Midwest. Oh man. Please, people. Uh, can can we have cities that? Makes sense. We got a few more here. Eighth through ninth, Montreal, Canada is the Montreal Comic Con. Uh, oh, that's fine. I'm just not doing any more animation. Don't worry. I don't think there's any more. I think. I think. I think. I lost my place, so stand by. Anime. Uh, say anime Montreal. Expo. What's that? I'm sorry. We're on the eighth and the ninth of July. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you did Connecticut No, I did Montreal Comic Con. No, you did go further on. down. Yeah, you have to go further down. Yeah. I'm keeping this all in, people. You can deal with us. Sorry, we don't we don't rehearse. No, and I, we don't, we don't edit, especially since <laughs> I, I want you guys to go to to Wizard World for sure. I want to get this out there for you guys. Eighth uh, and ninth, San yeah. Francisco, California. Queer Comics Expo. I don't mean to laugh when I say no, that. It's... I just never seen that before. Neither have I. I... Um, but yeah, the Queer Comics Expo. I chortled when I saw that too. I'm like, oh, they have the, that, you know. I, I'm curious if that is, you know, LGBT specific or if anyone can go. But that's a very interesting convention. I, I think that'll be fun. More, well, you know, that that is something that you and I, we just in conversation, talking to people in artist alleys and whatnot, we've spoken to quite a few of the LGBTQ yeah, and all the other letters that are associated with that anag- anag- whatever anagram a- acronym, yeah. Acronym, excuse me, um, and there—I mean—there is a very large um, group of artists and writers that, that that do belong to one of those letters, and mm-hmm. it's it's awesome to see that they're they've all come together to you know make a, have a show. That's yeah, great. I think, I, yeah, no, of course, certainly. Uh, if Blurred Con is like what it is, then yeah, I think Queer Comic Expo, great. I mean, we, we're continuing to um, allow the the, the um, the artists that may fall under the radar at other conventions to have a place where they can definitely shine. So that's awesome. 
if you happen to be in Morristown, New Jersey, Garden State Comic Fest is there for you. Yes, where I am sure you will be able to pick up a copy of the Re- Stan oh, Kanopka's book, The Rejected. Yeah. Oh, man, The Rejected. You definitely want to get one of those. Eighth sure. um, and ninth again, Richmond, Virginia. It's the VA Comic Con at VCU. If you happen to be in Jacksonville, Florida, CBC Comic Book and Toy Show is happening right there the same weekend. One day show on the ninth. Essington, Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia Comic Con exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, I love this. I'm going to mention it just because, again, we don't necessarily talk about collectibles conventions, but I think this is cool that in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Toronto Toy and Video Game Show, uh, I like it. Oh, I'm going to take this one. In Tokyo, in Tulsa, uh, Tokyo, Tulsa, Oklahoma, is Tokyo in Tulsa, another anime convention on the 14th and 16th. Oh, but you got the good one. You got the good one. Uh oh! Look at that! It, again, we don't do a lot of collectibles, but mm. in Anaheim, about what two cities are really the overseen city of where Francis is at? D twenty three Expo, God. which I believe is Disney's yes. comic it's... book, or not really? It's not really a comic book show. It's just kind of a celebration of Disney. Yes, it is. Yeah, and that's where you get most likely this D twenty three is going to have an exclusive trailer. Well, it's going to get out, of course, really quick, but it'll have the uh, probably a new trailer for um, Episode eight, uh, Star Wars Episode eight, um, and it'll probably have some gaming stuff and you know all things Disney, the new oh. Ducktales, things like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm kind of jealous. Same weekend, 14th and 16th, anime convention, of course, in Houston, Texas, the Delta H Con, which doesn't sound like a comic, an anime convention, but whatever. Uh, science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, I love Maybe that. If you're in Columbus, Ohio, you can go to TrotCon. Oh, look at that. Now that we've switched, I'm getting all the anime conventions. <laughs> uh, good, good. In Erie, Pennsylvania, it's Hazard Con on the same weekend, 14th and 16th. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina is Raleigh Supercon. Uh, we have for one day in Charter Township of Clinton. Wow, <laughs> really? In Michigan is the Great Lakes Comic Expo. Uh, collectibles? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that because we only have two more after that. So. All right. Let's... So in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, it's Collecto. Collector Fest, sorry. Collector Fest, Comic Con, and Fan Fest, which I think they could have just called it Collector Fest, and that would have been probably good enough. Yeah, I think that would have been enough. That would have been fine. Uh, if you happen to be in Irving, Texas, North Texas Comic comic Book Show, uh, the 15th and the 16th. And last but and not finally, least. <laughs> yes, finally. Uh, Columbus, Ohio, the Buckeye Comic Con. Oh, and the Buckeye State. So there you go. Um, I love talking about these other conventions. Uh, I'm glad we're kind of stepping away from just pop culture and comic book conventions. Because as you can see, there's a lot going on we would normally not talk about. Even like D23 uh, in our previous iteration of our list. So I'm glad we are even able to talk about that. And I'm excited. I wish every year I apply for press for D23. And every year they're like, you don't talk about Disney. (laughs) Why are we going to let you in? You never talk about Disney. Like, well, just like our uh, mission of making uh, um, Neil Adams our friend, yeah, I suppose if you really wanted to, you could try and be friends with the mouse. I would love to be friends with the mouse. The mouse is powerful. Mm-hmm. The mouse really rule. I mean, once since ever since the mouse owned 
or end up owning uh, Marvel and Star Wars. I mean, come on, they own the world now. <laughs> they own everything. That is true. That is, well, that that's a whole other episode. Whole I think that show. belongs on a whole different podcast. Probably. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not even a Disney fan, but I think that would be a fun yeah gathering to go to. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm a little bit of a Disney nerd. Um, I used to have the um, annual passes to Disneyland for years. I had annual passes up until it got too expensive to get an annual pass to Disneyland. But I love I love Disney. Um, I love Disneyland. I love all the properties that they have. So uh, I guess I'm still a little bit of a Disney nerd. But anyway, um, that's it, right? That's our show. That's, that's our show. Yeah. Thank you so much, Josh, for doing that interview. I thought that was a great, a real treat for the for everyone listening. So I'm glad that we were able to get that in here. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, Thank you once again to Dave. Yes. Uh, please go ahead and check out the Points of Interest podcast network that we are a part of, POIpodcast.com, for such interesting podcasts like Alcohol Cinema. If you're into movies and drinking, what better place to go than alcohol cinema? Um, and we also have, I'm going to mention this because we're both on this show and it hasn't come out yet, but I'm teasing it anyway. We have a new show coming out where Josh and I and a guest will banter and, uh, t- and wax on poetic about all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff. Um, but do you want to give the name of the show at least, maybe as a teaser, or do you want to just hold on to that till it's uh, till it's ready to go out? I, I think we're just going to hang on to it. All right. We're going to hang on to it. So we're gonna we're gonna. But yes, there's something new. There is something new coming. It's in the works. Mm-hmm. One has already been put down on wax. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's in the can. More more to come. More to come on that. Okay, so check that out at pwinepodcast.com. Josh, where can the world find you online? You can find me at 303 underscore ninja on the Twitters and, of course, all over the Points of Interest podcast network. Yes, this man has his hands in so many uh, pies. His his fingers taste like, uh, I don't know, I don't even want to... Schnozberries. Schnozberries, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. So go ahead and check that out. I am at AKA, the other guy on Twitter, which apparently Twitter changed its look today. <laughs> so weird it's dumb um but go ahead and check me out there aka the other guy i'm so close to 800 make my dreams come true uh by following me as i talk about nonsense uh you can also find all of the work that i do at poipodcast.com or if it's just me that you want to listen to sincere sarcasm.net where everything i do from other podcasts other other shows that i happen to guest on it's all there if you just can't get enough of me which i pretty sure everyone can get enough enough of me <laughs> so anyway there you go thanks everyone for listening conwizpod at gmail.com please write to us let us know what you think and next week next week next month uh we'll have a special guest as always and we'll be discussing all of our experiences as we make our way towards the big sdcc so we'll talk to you all then bye everybody or in like a few seconds if you're listening to us back to 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 back I'd love that. I'd love for someone to just like listen from episode one to 15. Like, all right. (laughs) That'd be amazing. Let us know. All right.